Welcome to the Short-Term Rentals Podcast. Here we share all of the latest news, opinion and intelligence from across the burgeoning short-term vacation rental space, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name is Paul Stevens, editor of Short-Term Rentals and host of this week's episode. Today I'm speaking with Mike Liberton, CEO at Jetstream Hospitality Solutions, and Emmanuel Lavoie, COO at Jetstream Hospitality Solutions, about how the mindset of digital nomads will shift as we recover from the pandemic, how work environments will change alongside the acceleration of tech adoption, and how asset managers can capture the surge in demand for flexible living accommodation. This podcast is kindly sponsored by Minute. So thank you for joining me on the Short Term Rentals podcast, Mike and Emmanuel. Uh, I'd like to start off by asking you to uh, please introduce yourselves, uh, your roles and the services you provide in the short term rental industry. So uh, we'll start with Mike on this one. Good. Hi, Paul. Well, thanks again for uh, inviting us uh, for this opportunity. Um, so you can probably tell I'm from the UK originally, similar to yourself. Uh, I've always loved uh, using technology to deliver great um, customer experience. Um, so I had uh, an exit in uh, an e-commerce business in, in the UK in the mobile phone industry. And then I uh, moved to Canada in 2006 um, and basically invested in uh, condominium hotels uh, and resorts and then um, started renting them uh, myself with uh, VRBO adverts uh, back in uh, 2000 and I guess 2008, 2009, just after, after the crash. Um, and then basically that went from strength to strength. I, I kept uh, acquiring more inventory uh, it for, in terms of uh, wholesale. Um, and then basically as we were delivering more and more uh, volumes of bookings, um, they wanted to feed in uh, dynamic pricing. So we started building our own technology and uh, Leave Town, as it was called then, uh, was born. Um, and then we uh, basically rebranded that technology uh, Jetstream. Um, so, uh, when uh, that, so I was essentially the founder and the CEO of that business, um, and then as that developed, um, and both uh, VRBO and then Airbnb became more transactional platforms, uh, they asked us to build to their APIs, and then we essentially had this sort of blue sky moment where we were creating um, the transactional technology um, overlaid with uh, content and um, communication to uh, bridge and enable uh, resort hotel operators to uh, distribute their inventory onto these large global marketplaces. So that's, uh, that's basically the, the, the journey and uh, I guess the, the technology that we've created. Fantastic, thank you Mike. And Emmanuel, take it away. Yeah, Paul, thank you so much for having us on the podcast. My background is completely different. I studied mechanical engineering in university and I went on and spent nine years working in consulting engineering on the sustainability side. I did a lot of green buildings, geothermal fields and so on. Um, but eventually I got tired of selling hours for a living. So I left that industry. And now Mike at that point was a good friend of mine. We actually met in 2011 on the top of a mountain. We we're just about to paraglide off. We both have a passion for flying. So we met, became friends. And as I was leaving my first career, Mike invited me to join Leave Town, as it was called then in 2015, but now Jetstream. And the rest, uh, we've written the history of the business together. And now my role since we're at the beginning pretty much has been COO which is all-encompassing role, and I love it that way. That's my role in the business. I'm looking forward to taking a deep dive 
uh, into this podcast as well. So that's a nice little segue, Emmanuel. Um, so I'd, I'd love to get kind of your, uh, I'll, ask, uh, I'll ask Mike for this one, but Mike, what, what do you think have been your, your main learnings uh, about, about um, your businesses through the pandemic? And how would you say that you've had to adapt or maybe pivot your offering for the short-term rental industry during this time? Yeah, well, I mean, traditionally, um, Paul, because we were, I mean, you know, VRBO has always been a big market for us. So the international travel uh, was always a big part of our business. And, and one of our selling points was that, you know, um, most of our clients or our customers, our guests would be staying, you know, five to, on average, five nights or more. So we were definitely a, a longer term stay, I guess, in the marketplace versus the more functional marketplaces like booking and Expedia. So, um, so we saw a huge shift, obviously, pretty much immediately last, uh, you know, March, April, when international travel was, was banned. Um, but, but then very quickly, uh, we saw, you know, domestic travel uh, increase significantly. Um, and pr primarily uh, within um, the US and within Europe, uh, specifically France within Europe. Um, and, and that really, uh, I guess, accelerated as uh, sort of through July and August last year. So, and, and now we're back to pre-COVID levels, but again, all of that is, is domestic. Uh, there's very, very few um, international cross-border travel. So it's been a huge shift. So it's been, I guess, refreshing for us to see how, how much demand there is still out there for domestic travel. We think, well, people, when they want to go on vacation, they want to get on a plane and fly somewhere, but clearly there's a, there's a huge amount that they can explore locally. Um, the other thing is obviously a lot of our inventory was hotel, resort, um, apartment type um, properties. Uh, we definitely saw a shift towards key level, which is obviously in individual homes where there's no shared amenities, et cetera. So that was definitely uh, leading the way in terms of the demand. Uh, people wanted their, their own space and they didn't necessarily want to be at a property where there were shared um, areas of the property, shared amenities, et cetera. Um, but very quickly, uh, we saw the, you know, the, the demand still for apartments, et cetera, um, accelerate behind that because there's only so much key level uh, home type property out there. And then on the technology side, um, as we saw huge uh, acceleration through you know, digitization uh, in many, many different aspects of how people do business, but certainly in the hospitality, uh, keyless entry, um, and you know, general contactless solutions, anything where there's um, not the physical handover uh, of keys or the, the physical, I, I guess, check-in um, to the same extent that was, was fairly prevalent within the hospitality um, industry. So yeah, a lot of, lot of shifts. And, and, and I think as we all probably appreciate, a lot of those shifts are, are here to stay, which is again, another good, uh, <clears throat> a good tailwind for, for Jetstream and, and the entire sort of touchless um, technology empowered solution that we provide. Yeah, I mean, if I can interject here for a quick second, also the rise in how people work and the, the growth, I guess, of the midterm stays, mid-length stays, I think is a big shift we've seen in the last year. Yeah, that's interesting because it probably segues into my third question, Manuel, um, because as a team, I believe you now work 100% remotely. I think I'm right in saying that. Yep. I believe the mindset of digital nomads that we've heard so much about during this time is going to shift now as we recover from the pandemic and you know, particularly maybe in, in how often they're going to be traveling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the change in how people have wor are working 
is unprecedented in human history. We have hundreds of millions, I don't know if I can use the word billion, I don't know the X numbers, but it's definitely in the hundreds of millions of people, if not more, all over the world that are now, for now anyways, working remotely. Um, and then you, know, you may have seen some polls that have come out recently saying that about 40% of those now that were not working remotely, that are working remotely, don't want to go back to an office. So the, the commute to work genre has forever changed. And some companies and some CEOs will accept that. Some will force employees back in the office. But nonetheless, no matter how many CEOs force employees back to the office, there's still hundreds of millions where, that are now digital nomads. And I guess there's maybe even been a normalization of the word digital nomad. Uh, Mike, are, you know, he's been a digital nomad, I guess, for two, three years, pre-COVID. Pre, pre uh, but then digital nomad was a bit of a niche word. And now it seems like it's, we're all in some ways digital nomads at this point. And uh, uh, many of us will stay this way. So the, this new type of traveler is growing um, and they have a demand for quality accommodations for stays that are beyond a weekend or an extended weekend or even one week. And we're seeing that in, in demand significantly. And actually on this topic, a few months ago, we conducted a survey of our Leave Town guests. So Leave Town is, is our consumer facing brand. It's, it's the brand that we interact with the, the traveler facing. So we surveyed about 15,000 of our previous Leave Town guests on this topic. And the majority, if I can just list out a bit some of the data, because it's actually fascinating. The majority of respondents, 81%, think that they will continue to work remotely post-pandemic at least part of the time, with 45% agreeing that they'll continue to work most of the time. 45% continue to work remotely most of the time. So the trend for remote working is definitely here to stay. 65% uh, of Leave Town's travelers are feeling more optimistic about working remotely compared to pre-pandemic life. So obviously, the digitalization of our work tools and a work of our workplace has happened. This wasn't just a two, three week thing. It's been now a 15, 16 month affair. So I think we're well bedded into this new way of being. Half the respondents say they would anticipate being able to enjoy more time traveling over the next 12 months because they can work remotely. So travel intent and excitement is high. And now the ability to work remotely is, it means um, more people think they will be able to travel. And the vast majority, which is 90%, plan to take trips over the next 12 months that combine both work and vacation. And, and I'm one of them and all of my friends and Mike and all of our staff as well. So it's very exciting times. And there's a large demand for midterm stays that has grown out of this. Yeah, and I believe we also covered this, uh, actually for a fact, I know that we covered this uh, report, this, um, this work we carried out uh, couple of months ago so we will make sure to include that within the follow-up information and a link to that um, after this podcast goes out so on the basis there Emmanuel of what you've you've just discussed and where we can come in what do you think makes the short-term rental marketplace attractive to new entrants such as owners uh, managers aggregators and multi-unit properties and um, maybe if I can just add on an additional question within that how is Jetstream serving both the short and long-term renters, owners, managers, aggregators, et cetera? Yeah. Well, obviously what makes it attractive to new entrants is, is the returns on investment. I mean, I, th I think historically short-term, mid-term stays have generated a higher yield on the asset than long-term stays. So that's attractive. Plus, 
it's a fun space to be in. <laughs> it, you know, as you know, we're, we're in the space. Uh, yeah, I, I don't come from the space originally. It's fun and exciting. Um, so, it, yeah, I, I think that's what makes it attractive. Now, of course, there's challenges. And I think that's what we help to solve for our partners. So in, in a way, what we do, if I just quick, uh, I guess, description of Jetstream, is we provide a completely outsourced solution for the owners or the managers of short-term rental ass assets to easily address this market, but at scale. So we, we distribute our partners' assets on all the short-term rental marketplaces, Airbnb, HomeAway, Booking.com, Expedia, Google, Holodoo, Home2Go, et cetera, et cetera. And then we take care of all the macro and micro details. It means we respond to all guest inquiries, multilingual team, 24 seven, we create the content, optimize the listings. We do, of course, the real-time calendar sync and management through our technology, and we provide revenue optimization, management, and dynamic pricing. So that's kind of our core technology. And then we integrate with a curated selection of best-in-class third-party tech partners that we've identified from being in the space as what we consider to be the best of the best. And these include keyless entry solutions, noise party monitoring, cleaning and maintenance scheduling, and of course, guest screening backed by a million pound host and damage protection. Mm. So it's short of the on-site operations and maintenance, we take care of everything that's tech distribution, guest comms on behalf of our partners. And there's no upfront fees. We just operate on an entirely shared success model. So our interests are fully aligned with our partners. And if I just may add two quick examples, because I find examples of this really help understand we work with all kinds of sizes of partners, literally from single homeowners who buy a vacation property and don't want to deal with all the complexities of what I just described. Uh, but I guess maybe on the larger scale, we work with a real estate developer uh, who built a hotel in Mexico and he's re really wanting to run his asset remotely. So he has an on-site cleaning and I guess operations, but everything else, instead of having to build a reservations team and so on, he's outsourced to Jetstream. That's kind of the mid-sized partner of ours. And then we also work with very large investment funds who are transforming depressed assets into short-term rentals. And again, don't have the technology or the expertise to do that in-house. Okay. And I'd like to bring uh, Mike back in as a CEO of Jet, uh, Jetstream Hospitality Solutions. So, so Mike, how, how uh, you, you've listened, you've been there listening to uh, what Emmanuel is saying. How do you expect work environments to change, uh, perhaps alongside the acceleration both of, of, of tech adoption and also f facilitating this flexible work-life balance now that is um, highlighted so much from these, these trends that we've seen? Yeah, thank, thanks, Paul. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I think globally, as Emmanuel sort of, uh, you know, shared its we've seen so many trends change um i think yeah i come from england originally and it's generally all about you know turn up to the office and that's where you do your work but i think you know uh, as a business because we grew um whilst we were still at a relatively small stage we, we grew from being canada based to us based and then very quickly we went to europe uh, and then obviously into the uk so we've that, that's i guess always uh, created a, this philosophy within uh, within Jetstream and our business that we we need to be agile and we need to be dynamic because we have multiple teams uh, geographically located all on different time zones. So we've always had this philosophy. Um, 
that people can basically work remotely uh, and they can have flexible working and we're a 24 seven business. So that's always required a level of, uh, I guess, different um, flexibility in terms of working hours anyway. So um, we don't, you know, obviously, I, I guess over the last year, 18 months, that's been driven uh, enormously for as a need for other businesses to adapt to. But we were, we were, I guess we were already pretty much in that mindset prior to that. Um, so we've been able to, sort of, I guess, progress and grow the business through, through COVID because we've always had that mentality. We haven't had to change our, our working uh, philosophy, I guess. Um, and, and based on that, you know, we've always demanded and expected a lot from our teams uh, in terms of flexibility. Um, but we trust our people, you know, and we've always wanted to reciprocate um, the drive and enthusiasm that we create in the business that our team reciprocates um, to um, by offering them, uh, you know, this empowered work environment. So, um, you know, for us, that means essentially a choice of operating platform, um, which is remote first. Um, so it truly is a remote first business. Uh, they, can, they can work from anywhere um, and a fairly significant amount of flexibility in terms of when the work gets done. Uh, because we're 24-7, we obviously have service levels, but there's a lot of aspects of the business that, uh, you know, don't require necessarily real-time responses, but, you know, uh, within a normal working day. Um, so a good example of that, you know, we've, I mean, normally when people wish to, to move or relocate um, globally, you know, it means they leave the business. But, you know, we've had our financial controller, she's been with us three years, uh, she's from the UK originally, uh, moved to Vancouver. Uh, now she wants to head back to the UK. We've already got a UK uh, corporation business up and running. Uh, and so we can just literally just migrate her payroll um, from being Canada-based to, to UK-based. So it's, it's really good in terms of, um, I think, enabling uh, your, your team members to see that there's longevity in terms of that they can progress and even relocate geographically, uh, globally, you know, um, and still work for the same company. So I think, you know, the future is definitely trusting employees. Um, and allowing them to choose where and how they want to work. Um, we're still keeping a small uh, office stroke sort of um, remote working, co-work, hot desking, I guess, co-working presence, both in Canada and in our European office in, in Spain, uh, as well as in the UK. Uh, it's entirely optional for people to work there or at the home or any other place that they want for that matter. Fantastic. And, and that ties in very neatly with my six and final questions. Thank you, Mike. Um, so, Emmanuel, how, how do you think, you've, you've heard there from Mike, how do you think asset managers are going to be able to capture this surge in demand for, as you say, this uh, flexible living accommodation? And how is Jetstream powering this convergence that we're seeing between short and long-term rentals? Yeah, great question, Paul. Well, first, the assets need to be instant bookable on all the major short-term rental channels where guests are booking. Um, obviously, yes, there's an emergence of new midterm channels. A lot of them are in infancy, but Airbnb still is, at least in North America, probably the channel that is the de facto for searching for, I want to go to Costa Rica for three months. Let me check what's on Airbnb. So you got to be instant bookable on all the existing short-term rental channels. And also there's regional differences, as I kind of just alluded to, on channel popularity. So it's important to, to have a wide distribution mix. There's an emergence in tier two channels now that are growing. Uh, so it's important to be on those channels as well, because really the guests are shopping all kinds of places. So that's first off, is, is complete distribution, instant bookable. Uh, secondly, your pricing needs to be fully optimized including minimum stay parameters, length of stay promotions, et cetera. 
the hotel industry, even though they weren't really in the midterm before, they've really been experts at revenue management. And I think we've seen in the last few years an increasing sophistication of this discipline within the short-term let sector. Within Jetstream internally, our revenue management leader, uh, she brings 15 years of hotel revenue management experience. So we're, we're, professionalized, we're professionalized that within our company. Um, but what we're seeing, and I'm just, just the other day, a good friend of mine texted me and he was looking for places in Hawaii for three months next year. And the same place that was 9,000 for one month was 150,000 for three months. Wow. So, so, <laughs> so clearly either the algorithms are broken, which I probably have not, I think it's just people don't think of going beyond one month or perhaps six weeks in terms of their revenue management. So all of that, it's that expertise of revenue management. And then finally, as your question alludes to, is the midterm length space, the conversion of the short and the long-term, that is the capital V growing segment. And we're finding there is very little expertise out there in addressing this competently. It's new. Uh, and just to the example of my friend, you know, 150,000, he said, I might as well buy a place instead of renting it for three months. So we're now dipping our toes as company in some new channels. Many of them are still in their infancy. Most of them don't even have an API yet. Uh, we're talking about, and these may be North American centric, but Zillow, Anyplace, uh, Zoopla, which I think is UK, and Housestay. So for our, some of our partners who have an interest and who can take on more than 28 or 30 day stays, we're now dipping our toes in these channels. So it's the early days, but we see the beginning of a large wave of midterm stays and we'll do everything we can to make sure our partners are well positioned for it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much to, uh, to Mike and Emmanuel for joining me on today's Short Term Rentals podcast. Really looking forward to uh, speaking to you guys again. Hopefully we'll be able to see each other face to face before too long. Uh, and thank you again very much for your time. Thank you thank so you. much, Paul. Thanks for listening to this week's Short Term Rentals podcast. And a big thank you again to Minute for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to shorttermrentals.com and sign up to our twice-weekly e-newsletters.